You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, uh, another loss. And uh, I've got to say, it wasn't uh, like I didn't go into the game chock full of confidence, obviously. But I mean, um, it was definitely a, a much better effort in terms of laying tackles and so forth. But still that game plan, mate. Uh, it was very unimaginative and I just did not feel like we were had any uh, currency about the way we were going towards goal. So, yeah, um, yeah pretty lacklustre. Well, didn't get my mood up, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it was pretty, um, yeah, like it wasn't exactly an exciting brand of footy. Uh, we were pretty dour. Uh, the, you know, at the end of the day, the scoreboard again flattered us, I think. So we went down by 32 points. But, uh, yeah, Richmond were inaccurate. So, uh, yeah, kicking 14 points. And, you know, you, you look at it and Lynch himself, what he kicked, like zero goals, four or something like that. And you, you think, yeah, there's no way, no, no normal day. Um, yeah, he kicks those. Uh, so really, we, we should have lost by at least 10 goals. And certainly that's how it felt uh, watching the game. Um, you know, at least I had the pleasure on this occasion, James, of uh, you know watching it at home on the couch, um, you know, with the heater nearby. Uh, but I imagine for all, everyone attending, um, it was pretty cold and wearisome at the at the ground. Yeah, well, me and my daughter went and uh, froze our backsides off, uh, so to speak, and yeah, it was very, uh, like I said, I expected a better effort in terms of tackling and. You know, you can't have that much public pressure on you and not want to make a, you know, a statement in uh, defence, you know. So I knew that we'd come out a bit harder, really emphasising tackles and so forth, which we got. Um, I guess the the big thing that was, and you've got to remember, Richmond basically won three flags over the last five years. Mm. So... It's not like we're playing any slouches. And one thing I noticed was because you know, we're such a young side compared to them, even though they've got some young players in their side, they're premiership heroes and so forth. Just how much more conditioning those players have got. Yep. Um, so it really was boys against men at some times. You know, I, I guess the other thing was uh, I'd like to say, you know, I don't know if you heard Kane, Con- uh, Kane Corn's mm. comments. Yeah. Um, yeah, when the players defended each other. Um, yeah, I found that statement that, that was really embarrassing by us and it was really like just a, I don't know, clickbait kind of comment to get reactions. Um, well, yeah, what else could they do? They had to fly the flag in some way. Yep. And I don't think we were totally, you know, out of character to, do so in terms of defend our players. I guess maybe Mason Redmond took it a little bit far with a raised elbow. But um, yeah, I, I thought Kane Corn's criticism was pretty unjust. To be honest, I thought they had to stand up at that time. No, I think they did. I'm absolutely right. I mean, uh, you know, Kane Corns, he loves his um, yeah clickbait comments. That's you know, he's obviously made a bit of a living out of it now. Um, yeah, sometimes I agree with his, um, you know, critique of 
you know, Essendon and um, you know any other side, you know, playing AFL level footy. <clears throat> but I mean, last week, we, you know, he's, he and many others talked about, you know, the soft, uh, effectively the soft underbelly of, of Essendon. Yeah, we're not hard enough. We don't, you know, do this, that, and the other. And now he's having a go at us for, for going too hard. I, personally, as a fan, I, I would rather we overcorrected uh, in that area to say, no, nah, we're going to stand, up, stand for that anymore. Um, in terms of Mason Ribman, I don't think he went overboard. I think it was an unfortunate um, you know, accident. I don't think there was any malice in it. You know, he doesn't seem like the kind of bloke who would you know, deliberately elbow someone in the head. I think it was just an unfortunate thing of, you know, he threw, um, threw his arm up to you know, um, block old mate coming at him and it's collected him in the neck. Um, I, I personally don't think there's any malice in it because obviously, um, uh, yeah, the, the player got up and uh, yeah, kept playing the game. Was it Baker? I can't remember. But um, yeah, he got up and, and kept playing. So it obviously wasn't forceful enough to um, you know, cause injury or something like that. The unfortunate side of that is it looks like we'll, we'll be missing him uh, for a week, which, um, which is a big shame because he was a he was a massive driver for us all night. And um, I do note that uh, Essendon uh, weren't going to challenge the one week one week suspension, which uh, I find a bit disappointing. I I think there could have been an argument to you know perhaps have the uh, risk rating uh, lowered. So yep, contact high, but um, you know negligent rather than forceful contact. Yeah, perhaps we could have got away with a fine there, but uh, you can understand why we didn't go for it. You know, often in these circumstances, if you uh, challenge the decision, well, you get more than uh, what you're originally there for. So you can see why we didn't challenge it, but I, I still think it would have been worth the, um, uh, worth the challenge. But I, I was pretty happy actually seeing the boys fly the flag, Jane. Um, I mean, certainly there was a lot that I wasn't happy with uh, watching that game, but that was one thing um, that I thought was a good sign. Yeah, and we kind of haven't had the same amount of pressure in the media this week. Um, yeah, maybe some initial feedback on the Monday, but like, last week was really prolonged. You know, we're playing off-Broadway, so to speak, Sunday yeah, it's kind of the graveyard shift of the of the um, of the AFL fixture, so maybe we won't get as much coverage um, for next week. But uh, yeah, playing Port in Port, uh, they had a disappointing loss to Geelong, really fading out. So yeah, I'm not going in with too much confidence, but we may regain Harry Jones as a player that's been floated that may come into the side. Well, will they hold him? until after the bye. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, obviously, the, the club's conditioning area, they, they know the players a lot better than us. You know, he's been away from AFL level, and uh, I don't believe he's played a lot of uh, VFL level footy, you know, since he's been off injured. I, you know, and for an away game, I personally wouldn't be rushing him back. I guess that's how I see it, particularly now when our season's shot. We're not... Um, you know, going to be bound for finals or anything like that. So why, I suppose, take the risk bringing him back a bit early? But it'll be good to see him out there when he does play. But, um, yeah, uh, certainly, you know, this year, 
it just has to be about development now. Um, and, uh, you know, blood and a few more younger players, James. Yeah. Um, well, let's get straight into the game, mate. And what did you make of uh, the start? Yeah, I mean, we seemed, um, you know, energy levels seemed to be there. I mean, it was it was a great, uh, I suppose, uh, commemoration or um, celebration of uh, yeah, Doug Nichols round, like with Indigenous community. You know, we had the, um, the sort of dance ceremonies and, and things like that, which was um, good to see. Obviously, the boys running out in the Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody designed um, uh, jerseys. The unfortunate thing we saw during the week, Jane, was um, yeah, Tipper's uh, now retired from AFL level footy, um, which is yeah, just really just uh, like just sad as a as a fan to see him go. Um, you definitely understand his his personal reasons, and you know, hats off to him for um, making that choice for his um, I suppose mental and emotional well being. It would have been bloody bloody hard to make that kind of choice and. It sounds to me, you know, despite some media reporting, um, which was in the negative, but it sounds to me like the Essendon Football Club did get around him. Uh, the players were certainly, um, uh, you know, uh, all around him and, and celebrating him. Um, and all all looked to be absolutely gutted um, when he said he was uh, hanging up the boots, Jane. Um, and and while it, it seems he, uh, you know, the club offered to, um, you know, do you want to play twos? You know, do you want to um, take part in the match in some way? You know, Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, took, you know, to his credit, said, nah, this is what I want to do. Um, uh, and he didn't want to take part um, in this week's game. So, um, yeah, really, uh, I suppose, sombre thing for a lot of us Essendon fans who've loved seeing him go out and play. Um, yeah, I, I suppose we should, like, yeah, touch on that, James Yock. How did you... Yeah, see that. Um, look, last year, mate, I reported the first half of the year he was brilliant. Um, he was almost having one of his best seasons. Um, yep. But yeah, like this is where, and I don't want to speak too much on this because I don't know all the information. But you know, said to say, there was apparently mental health problems. So, um, and this is where has a massive impact and, uh, you know, that's when it's more important for the player to look after himself more than the club, if you know what I mean. So um, if he needs that support or if he felt this was his best option, um, how can you begrudge someone choosing that route? Mm. Um, it's still disappointing to see gone. I remember when he signed that last contract, and I thought, well, that will take him up to 30, you know. I thought, that's pretty good. He's uh, really made a career for himself and really brought a lot of joy to Bomber fans. But, yep. uh, uh, you know, ultimately he thought that was his best decision. And I've got to say, mate, that video was hard to watch without, you know, showing a little bit of emotion because yep. you could see how much he meant to the players. And I guess the footage that stuck to me was his mum. Mm. You know, she was... No, I don't know how to describe it, mate, but she really, really sad, like, in terms of... I think it would have been a shock to her by the way she reacted. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but it, on the positive, it sounds like he wants to work uh, with Indigenous kids who, you know, 
want to eventually get to the IFL. Mm. And that's what he said he found some joy. That's one of his passions. So, as I said, if that's going to ultimately make him a better person or feel better within, um, yeah, who am I to kind of judge him on that? Yeah, and, and I remember, James, when he uh, came into the club, um, there he chose the number 43, yep. um, obviously the old number of Dean Rioli. And I remember him, you know, looking at his locker and saying, you know, I want to be the next um, you know, person with a name on that locker. And as a 100-plus game player, he's got exactly that. So his name will forever be uh, in the halls of the Essendon Football Club. Uh, I think that's just a fantastic achievement. Um, as you say, Jamie, brought so much happiness to so many of his fans. Um, you know, seeing him, uh, you know, play in 2016, you know, off the halfback and, you know, play a little bit in the middle and then, like, just the magic he'd weave in the forward line as well. Uh, fantastic to see. So, now, well done, Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, for um, fighting your way through the hard way to get to the AFL level, um, for showing what a star player uh, you, know, you were, you know, to the whole of the competition. Everyone loved him. Um, yeah, and that's not just Essendon fans. It's across the, the whole community. Um, so um, uh, he, um, he done very well, the man. Um, so definitely wish him all the best for his future endeavours. And, um, yeah, hopefully the club continues to support um, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, because um, uh, the, the, the mark he left on the Essendon Football Club um, yeah, you know, he, he, yes, he'll certainly be missed by the club. Um, but look, yeah, so going into the game, uh, Jame, um, the boys seemed you know, up and about, so we've got the first rush behind. Um, and we really seemed to be hunting the footy. Um, and, uh, yeah, then we saw Dustin Martin misfire up their end. Uh, yeah, then we saw Maurice Faroli, uh look to have picked our pockets as he slapped the ball out of her hands um, to his advantage, but you know, didn't trouble the scorers on that occasion. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Guelphie uh, down the defensive end, he stood in the hole and he knew he was going to cop heat. Um, and he got absolutely smacked by Lynch. And it was great to see the boys take it up to Lynch. And, uh, yeah, he ended up giving away the free and 50. Um, but as I said, it was just good to see the boys, you know, fire up and say, no, nah, you're not doing that to one of our players. Unfortunately, though, Jane, we just couldn't make him pay, you know, we got quite a good, you know, 50 there. Like it was, but our, our entries go inside forward 50 were, um, you know, pretty, pretty horrible. I mean, throughout the game, as it turned out, efficiency inside 50 was 26.5%, uh, which is just not good enough. So, you know, even though we, were, we got that, you know, 50-meter penalty and that's all great, unless you can actually do something with it, you're not getting an advantage from that. So, um, you know... The Tigers took it away and took it up their end and could have been really costly because Lynch then had a shot, um, but just the minor score again uh, before Franger uh, took a mark and kicked a massive goal, Jane. That was a great, uh, great kick. Um, you know, I was kind of behind that goal on the wing and, um, yeah, you had to kick it pretty hard to get that distance, mate. Uh, I don't know what it is on the cold air or something. The ball's... Must be more dense or something because, um, yeah, they weren't sailing through, but that one was it connected nicely with that one. Certainly did, and I I did neglect to mention, you know, it was from a beautiful kick from, uh, from Hind. You know, he took that nice run up the ground, so it was good to see him take that dash and run. 
as well. So, um, yeah, good goal from Franger. Uh, and then when the Tigers tried to run it away, uh, yeah, we saw Redmond take Bolton down in a huge tackle. Um, and Bolton thought he'd be a bit cheeky and just drop it on the ground, and he gave away another 50. So you have to say that the ups were pretty friendly to us early in the match. Um, that was the shortest 50 I've ever seen, mate. Uh, yeah. I was on the wing. I reckon it was about 30-odd metres. Like, yeah, if it was a full 50, it should have been an extra yeah, 15 metres at least closer to goal. Should have, mate. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Redmond was placed about, what, 30, maybe 35 metres out. Not much of an angle in front of goal, and he missed. And um, you know, it was a big miss, I reckon. Like, you have to kick those ones because uh, it could have been a real momentum shifter. Mm. Um, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, we miss up our end. The Tigers took it down their end, and uh, Edward got a, an easy goal over the top. Yeah, frustrating because, as you say, mate, you lose, like, 12 points. In the, or, you, know, you probably lose 11 at least. Um you know, we missed the opportunity to kick the goal and, and they get one back, you know. So it, uh, it hurts when you um, had a great opportunity to start the game, but uh, Richmond were always going to come back and they'd get the next goal too. Yeah, it was a pretty frustrating uh, because, you know, we saw Perkins lay a nice tackle and Vloston uh, right on 50, but his shot missed. Uh, and then, you know, we had a couple more failed four A's forward uh, before Rewald marked and gold. So, you know, we had opportunities, but weren't making the most of them, while um, Richmond were definitely making us pay up their end. Uh, then we had a few runs with a footy, but turnovers were just killing us. Uh, and then Richmond got it up their end with uh, Dustin Martin snapping for goal. And, you know, I thought it looked good, Jamin. I'm sure, you know, you'd already had your head in your hands by that point. Mm. Um, but after a score of you, uh, it was called a point. And I have to say, you know, watching the um, division, the umpire, had, he said, oh, I believe it's a point, but I just want to make sure whether it hit the post or not. On that review, there was nothing conclusive there. So realistically, James, it could have been a goal, but because there's not the uh, the appropriate, uh, I suppose, camera footage to see one way or the other, um, all you're going off is the umpire's call. And I think it's still, an, um, it's still incomplete if we're, yeah, introducing this to the game, um, yeah, you really should have more camera angles than what we currently have uh, because it's not, it's not, um, you know, fit for purpose as it stands right now. Uh, but it was a point to dust in the end. We had one last run forward, James, uh, but couldn't hit a forward target again. Uh, and we ended that quarter uh, just one goal, two eight to their two goals, three fifteen. Yeah, uh, not the most exciting first quarter of footy, mate. Um, uh, but uh, competitiveness was definitely there. Um, I believe we had 24 first quarter tackles. So, um, considering we had 30 for the whole game last week, mm. obviously the guys had responded. Um, they'd laid a couple of really nice tackles. Like the one that you mentioned on Bolton was a great mm. one. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, I just hoped it wasn't going to be. Short-lived this, uh, you know, this kind of play, like where we we're going to at least try and um, win the contest, uh, win the contest. Sorry, you know, or try and influence the ball that Richmond were getting. Uh, but that second quarter, mate, um, we'll, we'll go into it. But it was a bit of a horror one, to be honest. It was mate, uh, 
you know, the Tigers just jumped us. Uh, you know, Morris Rioli socket through a goal within 30 seconds. Uh, Castagna then kicked one after we tried to be a bit cute out of defence and, you know, we got punished by our straight kicks. Uh, and then Baker for them laced out Soldo, um, who could kick through one more. So, you know, within no time at all, you know, they booted three uh, on the board early in that quarter. Um, you know, we saw Dev Smith uh, give away a free kick from our forward line as we were pushing forward uh, as he you know, scrapped with uh, Vlosten. Uh, but we won it back and it was Smith in the end who hit Waterman just inside 50. Uh, but unfortunately, his shot was astray uh, before Hobbs then got a chance. And uh, yeah, to be honest, it looked like he coughed it up. But Grimes' tackle was deemed dangerous. And uh, yeah, Hobbs was good enough to slot that through to the roar of the fans, Jane. It was a nice goalie. Had all eyes on him. Uh, was there sort of really struggling after kicking the first goal of the game. And basically, Richmond piled on the next five. Mm. Um so it was great to see him, you know, compose himself, go back and kick that goal. Um, yeah, he was a bit lucky, I thought, because I thought he was going cold because he kind of stepped into trouble, if you know what I mean. Like he yep. bought himself some time and then stepped straight into trouble. But um, it was a good goal and it probably gives us a bit of a glimpse of uh, why this guy was a captain, you know, like it was a real old captain's goal and... Um, yeah, maybe uh, that's what we'll see in the future from young Ben Hobbs. Oh, let's hope so, mate. Uh, unfortunately, though, Rewalt was able to take a relatively easy mark up their end and he kicked it through. Then uh, not long later, Castagna was able to run with the footy in space and lace out Morris Rioli all by himself, you know, probably about 30 metres out in front of goal. And he marked in goal, James. And it was just one of those um, things like our defenders were were playing off their man. They just seemed to, you know, like their forwards seemed to be able to find free footy a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't just those those goals there. They had a chance to uh, pile on a couple more when Rioli and Bolton both had shots on goal but missed. Uh, and then against the run of play, we saw Martin hit Francis at half forward, uh, who released Zerit, who hit Perkins in the pocket, and he went back to slot it. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Archie's pretty good at those, like where he he's a, another player I feel pretty confident when he takes a shot. We saw one he had earlier, I think, where he really tried to overkick the footy. Um, you know, he probably was a bit outside his comfort zone. Uh, but this one, he really took his time and steered through. Dude, mate, uh, yeah, unfortunately, around this time, this is where we saw Redmond get reported for striking on Prestia. Uh, so that's who I was referring to before. It was Prestia that uh, he got back up again and obviously played the rest of the match and played it well, you know, winning the medal at the end of the day. Um, so I would have thought, you know, given Prestia got up and was still able to perform, uh, you know, Ruben might have been up the shot to contest the the charge, uh, but we elected not to, to go for it. So, um, yeah, look. Um, that uh, second quarter, mate, just talking about the pressure dropping off. Hmm. Uh, it was actually 20 tackles in the first quarter. Sorry, I said 24. Mm. It was 20, but that second quarter, only seven. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, big drop in, uh, yeah, in effort levels there. Uh, and look, after yeah, Redmond got reported, obviously gave away a free, and Richmond looked to have uh, got a goal from it. Uh, Belinch had a bit of a brain fade and tore Draper away on the goal line, and it was sort of reminiscent of uh, Peter Wright uh, you know, giving away that free 
couple of weeks ago. Against the Hawks, yep. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that, that gave a, a three to us, which is good. But, again, we we couldn't do anything with it. And uh, at the death, Lynch marked and uh, yeah, it just felt like it was going to be fitting that we conceded another red-time goal, Jane, but he missed a lot, uh, luckily for us. But we ended the half down by 26 points, so... Uh, it was three goals, three twenty-one to Richmond. Seven goals, five forty-seven. Mm, yeah. yeah, it was a very uh, disappointing quarter, and yeah, Richmond they weren't playing anywhere near their best, but mm. it was enough to hold us at bay. The very good pressure side, Richmond, um, and again we looked like we were failing to manage against that. Yep, certainly did, mate. Um, so as we jumped into the Third quarter there, uh, the boys attacked early and it was Dylan Shield hitting the scoreboard after Smith released him at the top of the square, Jane. Yeah, good snap by Dill. Um, needed that goal. Uh, I thought it might have given him a bit of confidence, um, you know, because he did look a nervous player, even though he's mm. obviously trying to tackle and so forth. But, I mean, yeah, he's getting a bit of crowd attention as well. But, yeah, I, that was a nice goal for him anyway. Was mate, uh, and then we saw down back uh, Jake Kelly made an important tackle um, as Bolton looked to have an opportunity for goal. So it was a ripping tackle from Jake Kelly there. Uh, Lav also made a goal saving mark right on the line, and Redmond got his hands in another one um, uh, to you know just rush run through, um, albeit after a bit of a nervous wait with a score review, Jane. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Richmond was just peppering us and. Bolton looked to have finally broken the shackles, uh, but Rewalt had given away a free kick uh, to not allow that goal to be paid, which is luckily for us. And as we finally got it up our end, um, yeah, Brian drew a free kick as Nan Curtis grabbed, grabbed hold of his jumper. And uh, Brian went back and slotted it, mate. His first ever goal. And Nan Curvis, for some unknown reason, ran straight into Brian after he was <laughs> went to celebrate. Like, it was just a I don't know what he was trying to achieve. Maybe just to see if we'd react, mm. and we did. We did react, so maybe that was predictable. But I mean, uh, it was just—it just looked funny the way that like, it was. No, definitely no malice, and it wasn't like too mm. dirty. It was just like almost a bump into it. And it yeah. Just about, it looked—it looked funny actually on replay. Yeah. So um, no, it was good to see the. The boys got in, get involved in a scuffle there and um, yeah, no harm done. But we saw after that, you know, it was great to see Hobbs actually getting involved in that. And we saw after that, you know, he's running around like Tarzan with, uh, uh, you know, one sleeve off more or less, James. Um, then we saw, uh, you know, Kelly got taken down in a tackle um, down back and, yeah, he's absolutely pinged for all money. Um but Lynch managed just the minor score. So, again, inaccurate from him, which was, um, you know, unlike him. Um, but I did love seeing, you know, Kelly get right back in Lynch's face and say, oh, you know, cop that. You know, he missed the score. It was um, a good bit of regression, I thought, anyway. Mm. Um, but the Tigers got their goal in the end, James. Um, you know, after Wright dropped an easy, and it should have been a regulation mark, James. You know, we were trying to get it out of our back line. Um, it landed right on his uh, right on his chest, uh, but he um, he dropped it, and Bolton ended up with a footy, and he slotted it through. 
was one of those nights for Peter. Right? He actually worked really hard. I saw his, uh, you know, they tracked their case. Mm. And he was right up there, I think he was in the top five. But um, he was obviously leading to all the wrong spaces because, mm. um, and obviously, they know, he, well, everyone knows that he's our number one target at the moment. So um, they tend to play one or two players dropping off and onto him. So it's hard work for him, but um, he has to work his way through that. But again, mate, uh, Richmond had a lot more of the footy, but weren't converting their chances, thankfully. Uh, because of Tom Lynch. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, he had another ping, but missed yet again. Um, pretty amazing to see. And then Waterman uh, snapped a nice entry to, Ho- to Hobbs in the pocket. Um, you know, 35 metres out or so on a fair angle. And again, Hobbs was good enough to kick the bloody goal, Jane. Yeah, with that, uh, yeah, his jumper was broken. So, uh, you know, basically one of the shoulders was torn and as you say it looked a bit like the old Tarzan um, yeah like a bit of a gladiator look yeah and I have um, to say James it's not like he rushed off the ground to get a new one I reckon he was he was happy with himself uh, sporting that yeah it was really good kick a goal as well so um, you know these weren't gimmies and had to guide him through and that's what he did he did mate but unfortunately at the other end Rewalt again marked and gold so uh yeah, they were. Um, anytime we got a goal, they'd kick one straight back and add interest to it. Uh, you know, and Rewalt had another chance but missed that goal this time. Um, Bolton, too, had, had a shot and missed. Uh, so they really could have piled on, you know, a bit of pain for us in that quarter. Um, and then we saw late in the quarter, Shield came off sore. Uh, you know, the talk was of an Achilles problem. Uh, we saw him come on again uh, later on. Uh, but after a last rush behind to them, Jane, uh, that third quarter ended with uh, Richmond out in front by 27 points. So nine goals, 12, 66 to our six goals, three, 39. Yeah, I looked over um, during that quarter and um, just in our, towards our forward line, and I saw Dylan Shield limping off, and he actually looked like he'd done his hammy. I thought it was one of those cold nights where you can do your hammy. And, yeah, I thought, you know, Tex Wanganin would have been subbed in, but never happened until later in the game. And um, yeah, so in some ways, uh, depending on your point of view, we were lucky to keep him in because if he had done a Amy uh, right on the verge of the bye, you know, probably would have put him out for another three weeks. Um, yeah, it was interesting at that time. So Lynch came off with a hamstring and Lambert had come off earlier in the game. So they were down at least one uh, from rotations on the bench coming to the last um, and going to that fourth quarter, Jane, uh, yeah, it really felt like Richmond had more or less put the cue in the rack. Um, you know, we saw Draper nearly soccer one through, but that went wide. Um, you know, the boys were uh, still in for the fight and we saw Waterman uh, kick one through uh, and we kept pushing and rushed another through for a point. Um, yeah, we got before. within 19 points, mate. So, um, it, although it never felt like we were in the game, that was the moment, you know. Mm. If we had a clawed another goal, we had to be closer to two goals behind, um, maybe that would have spurred us on. But Richmond, like most good sides do, they really consolidated and started to you know, knuckle down and made everything tough for us. 
We did, mate. And uh, talking about making it tough for us, you know, after Nankervis laid a knee into Lav Sternum, um, you know, Bolton went down and kicked another goal. Um, yeah, Lav, yeah, obviously came out really sore from that. Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty rough. But, um, you know, Revolt nearly followed followed through with another, uh, but he missed. Um, uh, but he didn't end up. He did end up kicking another goal, so he didn't completely completely miss out on feasting on us. Um, you know, finally at that stage, Wanganeden had been subbed on. Uh, Guelphie was the sub off. Uh, I didn't see uh, an injury there uh, to Guelphie, but uh, uh, they reckon a hamstring, mate. So uh, um, hasn't been confirmed yet. I haven't seen the club say that, but um, Truck mentioned it in the pre uh, presser afterwards. Mm. Said it looks like a a minor hamstring injury. Yeah, which is uh yeah disappointing to see. Uh, you know, Wanganeen to his credit, yeah, he looked like a bull at a gate. He just came out and you know went after everything. Uh, he did end up having a shot at goal, and unfortunately, even though it went through the uh, the big six, Jamie, it was touched. So um, you yeah, know, just a minor score. And text and, actually indicated that it was touched. Mm. He's like because um the score reviews were going a fair bit um, yeah. in this game. And actually, Damien Hart, we've actually tweeted the following day, are the score reviews done yet? <laughs> so he's obviously taken a bit of a job at him too. Because there was one that went for ages. Like, yeah. Everyone was getting restless. Yeah, there were, there were boos from the crowd and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, which is a bit, a bit crazy. But, uh, yeah, look, Jamie, it was, a, it was a scrap toward the end and, uh, we finished up losing seven goals, six forty-eight to their eleven goals, fourteen eighty. Uh, so, look, it was a better effort from the boys in terms of you know tackles. So, um, yeah, we only laid the uh, 30, uh, 30 tackles or so the week before. This time, uh, we made sixty-four tackles. Uh, so, a better effort there. But apart from that, um, really, our our ball use was, um, yeah, pretty deplorable. As I said, like 26% efficiency going inside 50. Uh, yeah, not good enough. Uh, also, yeah, in terms of marks, James, they really um, yeah, took control there, I thought. So 100 marks to them to our 75. But you look at, I suppose, where they make the most impact. Marks inside 50, Richmond had 14 to our four. Yeah. And contested marks... We had five to Richmond's 15. So that's a massive area of, uh, of work uh, that we need to put into to improving there. Um, yeah, one percenters as well, 60 to them, 48 to us. So um, that's just that sort of work rate and, and doing, the, doing the little things. Um, so, look, plenty of work for us to do. Um, the umpires were kind to us on the night. Um, yeah, we actually won the free ta- free kick count, Jay. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, it, it was uh, as we said at the start. Yeah, even though we only lost by thirty two points, it certainly felt like um, you yeah, we lost by a lot more. That Richmond were just totally in control. Uh, they just didn't fully put the the foot in our throat. Um, but they just did enough to to keep it as arms but arms length. So um, yeah. Um, and another ho hum game, mate. Was, um, uh, I mentioned to you the other day. I said the way we're playing, like, is so poor. 
you know, and I think other people have commented on this, it feels very like Matthew Knight's era stuff. Mm. And as you said, and you're quite right to say this, at least with Knights, when we did play attacking footy, it was full-on assault like football. Mm. And it was kamikaze almost. Yep. And um, it only paid off from, uh, you know, when we got the conditions the way we wanted it and then we looked rubbish. But um, I heard um, Phil Davis uh, commentating, I don't know if it was this game or the previous one, and um, he said, oh, Essendon can be a very good side as long as they play their kind of football. Um, and, yeah, we, we noticed that um, if they don't get what they like, they generally uh, fall away. And I thought that was a really strong comment from a player still playing, I think. So, and I think the worrying thing about that, mate, is that if that's what an opposition player says and, and it's so publicly put out there, it's pretty damning on the club, you know, that you're only prepared to play your style. Yeah, and I guess those comments are echoed in our own players and our own coaches' comments, Jane, like how we want to play the essence of... Uh, of footy, you know, want to play our way and that kind of thing. And, you know, we, we talked about it, you know, throughout the year. You know, there's an opposition there. You're not going to get to play your way all the time. You have to come up with a plan B, and uh, we just don't seem to have been able to do that. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty disappointing. Um, you know, there's, there's word around, Jane, that... Uh, yeah, Brash is apparently going to address us fans at some stage tonight, I think it is, um, mm-hmm. because he's been uh, captain silent uh, for uh, uh, for this year, which, again, has been real disappointing how, you know, again, mm-hmm. you know, we don't hear much from the club. Um, you know, us as fans, supporters, you know, you know, great servants of the club, like, you know, Rob Shaw have been calling out for, yeah, reviews and all the rest of it and everyone's been silent um so i'll be interested to see what brash has got to say um but uh it's very disappointing that it's, it's taken this amount of pressure if brasher is indeed going to actually finally talk to us um because uh, to me it just sort of smacks of disrespect that look there's one thing to um you know for the club to be putting out these performances week in week out um but yeah, we've when we've been shown a vision and, and sold that vision, Jane. Um, you know, I think it's important that the club fronts up and yeah ad- admits um, where things might not have gone to plan or um, where you know, things have been going wrong, or um, to at least talk to us about what's happening in the background that you know, should give us any trust that the club um, actually you know gives a toss. To be frank. Um, uh, about the the lack of performance um, yeah, that we've been seeing this year, you know, two and eight is a pretty worrying start. Um, you know, from last year where we started to show a bit of a brand uh, of how you know, Essen wants to play, we've completely gone away from that. So um, yeah, I guess yeah, frustrations continue to build for us, by my faithful Jane. And uh, truck must be under some type of pressure. Like, you know, it's been reported that he's had words with the board and, you know, that talked about stripping back the game plan. I didn't see any change to our game plan, maybe other than a bit more effort in terms of tackling, but certainly ball movement and stuff like that. 
there was absolutely nothing added. And look, I get it. We've got a lot of good players out. Um, and that can sometimes leave you open for being scored against. But it doesn't explain how you can't play any uh, semblance of your of what you want to play. That's I haven't seen a snippet of it except for that last quarter in the um, against the Hawks. That was pretty exciting footy. But yeah. I've got to say, even against the win against Adelaide, it didn't feel that exciting. And yeah, like, I'm not sure why you'd want to coach such a lackluster style of footy. Yeah, um, and it has to be said, James. Like you can't like a game plan shouldn't be uh, predicated on you know, players you have or do not have in the side. Like, you can't go, oh, yep, and then Shield's going to do this or and then Stringer's going to do that. You know, that can't be a game plan. That's, mm. like... Uh, icing on the cake, mate. It's icing on the cake. It's it's not structures. It's, like, game plan should be structures. It should be, you know, the, the way we want to move the footy. It shouldn't be about individual players. Um, so, um, yeah, at the moment, we're... Uh, we we don't have a semblance of what our game plan actually is. Yeah, until then, yeah, the, <laughs> um, yeah, we've uh, we've just continued to serve up uh, pretty disappointing performances. But um, you know, we do have some good young talent uh, coming through, James. So I guess that's something to look forward to. Yeah, right. Oh, well, let's have a break, mate. We'll come back with our Don's cast better boat. Back to Don's Cars podcast. Um, so, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it'll just be me for this segment. Unfortunately, last night I had some tech issues on the computer, uh, which crashed several times, much to my frustration. Uh, and Jamie's uh, had to head out. He's uh, gone on holiday for the rest of the week. So, the lucky bugger is going to enjoy some time in the sun. Um, but if, as we go back, we'll go through the votes. Obviously, uh, Jamie and I exchanged those yesterday. Uh, I'll go with my own votes uh, first of all and uh, let you know my reasoning. So uh, with the one vote for the game against Richmond, uh, I went for Jaden Laverde. Now, I personally feel like Jaden Laverde uh, yeah, did get a bit beaten up by Rewalt, um, who he spent a bit of time on during the game. But the one thing that uh, like Lav never lacks is is effort and just a, a willingness to, to contest the ball at, at all times of the game. Actually ended up with uh, 17 disposals. And what was particularly um, uh, impressive to my mind uh, was that he had 13 intercept uh, possessions um, with 11 contested possessions of those and even had three uh, scoring involvements, which was a uh, fantastic effort. Uh, like the ball kept on being pumped in there all night and he was certainly... Uh, yeah, giving his all. Um, so I thought he deserved at least the one vote. Uh, for two votes, I had to go for young Ben Hobbs. I thought, um, yeah, the young bloke, he, he got stuck in whenever there was a, a scrap to be had. He was in there in the thick of it, uh, you know, rocking his Tarzan outfit for a bit of time there when the you know, jumper got ripped at the jumper. And, uh, you know, he ended up kicking the two goals, and they were both pretty clutch goals, if I'm, uh, if I'm honest in my assessment. Uh yeah, both probably about that 30, 35 out on, on a fair angle uh, to be good enough to kick them, certainly on the big stage, you know, against the uh, the Tigers. 
thought was really good. Um, yeah, it's just his, his tenacity and, and willingness to, to hunt the footy. Only managed 10 disposals, but, um, you know, as a young bloke, he'll, he'll develop uh, more as he goes along, but still laid the three tackles as well, which is really good. So two efforts to Hobbs. Uh, three votes I went to Zach Merritt. Uh, now, I do have to say that, um, yeah, my, the, some of these votes, uh, it was pretty hard because there was no real standout performances apart from, uh, you know, my best on ground, which I think most of you will probably agree with. Uh, but for three votes, I went for Zach Merritt. Uh, racked up a 33 disposals. Again, um, I don't think he was always that impactful with it. Uh, but certainly he, he pushed hard all game to get us meterage uh, yeah, and to get the ball for us. So he had four clearances, uh, took four marks, which is good to see. So he was getting around the footy a lot more. Uh, had seven, 778 metres gained, which is pretty huge, uh, but also had the, the goal assist, um, which is great. So it's good to see Zach Merritt uh, back to his uh, sort of flying best. And I think the the thing that uh, probably will go unheralded was he had eleven, uh, sorry, nine inside fifties for the game. Now our forward line is pretty dysfunctional to my mind, um, so he's given them opportunity. He can't, um, you know, always uh, put it on the chest or make it. Um, uh, I suppose uh, he can't make the forwards work for the footy. He can draw them to the ball, which I think he's he's tried to do, but. Um, yeah, unfortunately, he can't do the work for him. So, but I, I still, I still think his efforts uh, did deserve the three votes there. Four votes went for Darcy Parish. Now, some of you may question that, and that's absolutely fair enough. I mean, anyone who's watched the um, yeah, the video is <laughs> about all our uh, sort of uh, cock ups over the night will know that on several occasions, Darcy Parish. Yeah, almost directly handballed or handballed to the advantage of or even kicked to in some occasions uh, directly to Richmond players, which, um, yeah, really, really hurt us and went straight back over our heads. But he's another bloke who just fights all night. And look, 43 disposals, again, like most of those handballs, so 24 handballs out of that. So it's not the disposal rate in particular that I was um, impressed with. It was more... Uh, the defensive side of the game, like where he, he laid a game high eight tackles, which is pretty big, uh, six clearances, uh, also huge. Um, yeah, had a goal assist, uh, but more so, yeah, had seven intercept possessions. So, as much as he coughed the footy up, he did win the ball back for us. And 19 contested possessions is absolutely huge. So, um, yeah, I thought he deserved four votes, but uh, right out in front for mine it was uh, Mason Redmond. I thought he had a fantastic game on the night. Um, actually, ended up racking up, uh, yeah, the uh, <clears throat> 29 disposals. Uh, had a shot at goal, but unfortunately missed on that occasion. Um, and what I liked about it was he had 25 kicks out of his 29 possessions. So he really used that ball to um, get as much meter as possible, which is directly reflected when you look at meters gained 950. Yeah, nearly a kilometer of meters gained for us over the course of the match, which is uh, fantastic. But more than that, he provided a marking presence. Took game high 10 marks over the course of the night, which is huge. Laid five tackles, and some of those were big crunchy tackles, which was uh, absolutely fantastic one to see. I mean, that 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 uh, tackle on Bolton in particular stood out. Uh, it was actually huge for us. And uh, <clears throat> even the way he used the footy, you know, it reflected at 69%, but, you know, he really he took the dangerous option. So some of those aren't always going to come off. Um, but I did like the way he took the game on. 
So, um, no, fantastic game from Mason Redmond for mine. Uh, in terms of Jamie's votes, they're fairly similar. You know, a bit of a jostling for position. Uh, so he went one vote to Hobbs, uh, two votes to Reed. Uh, he liked his work down back there. And if we have a look at his stats, uh, he's actually doing pretty well. I'm, I'm quite liking how he's developing as a young defender. I had the uh, 12 positions and um, used that kick on seven occasions, seven occasions, which is good. Had three marks, three tackles, and that, like I said, yeah, two metre tall, big bloke. Uh, that's excellent to see. But it's just his positioning as well. Um, you know, he, he doesn't mind, um, you know, trying to get involved with the one percenters. He's, he doesn't lack courage. Um, Zach Reed um, actually had six intercept possessions as well. So he's taken it directly out of the hands. Had the uh, seven contested possessions as well. So um, now, uh, well earned a couple of votes there to Reedy. Uh, Jamie had three votes to Parrish, four votes to Laverde, again for those defensive efforts, um, and five votes for best on ground. He went for Mason Bourbon also. So um, that wraps up our votes there. And if I go through the, uh, the tally of the Don's Cast Medal votes up to this stage of the season, um, so at the bottom we got two votes to Sam Durham, three votes apiece to uh, Andy McGrath, Dyson Heppel, and Todd Cutler. Four votes each to Benny Hobbs and Jai Caldwell. Five to Alec Waterman. Seven each to Reed and Ridley. 11 votes to Guelphie. 12 to Archie Perkins. 13 to Laverde. 14 to Jake Kelly. 17 to Draper. 19 each to Zach Merritt and Nick Hind. 20 votes to Dylan Shield. 25 to Peter Wright. 29 to Mason Redmond. 34 for Nick Martin. And out in front, remains Darcy Parrish with 49 Don's cast medal votes. Uh, so given it's, uh, yeah, Jamie's on holidays and it's just me, uh, I won't punish you too much with the by the number segment. Um, yeah, no doubt you've, you've heard enough of our uh, sort of frustrations during the first course of this uh, podcast. Uh, but look, like, like all of you, we're all, um, yeah, we're pretty flat at the moment. Um, yeah, it's not only the results on the field, but uh, I suppose the compounding effects of, yeah, I suppose when the, cl the club's not doing well, uh, you're generally in the news for the wrong reasons. You know, we've seen the criticism of uh, the, the extension of Xavier Campbell's um, contract, which, uh, yeah, a lot of us, I think, rightly question. I can't see how anyone would think that would be a, you know, a good time to... Um, uh, you know, so early in the season to extend his appointment by two years, considering you know, his KPIs at the club should largely have been reflected in their, you know, sort of three, four, five-year plans. Um, yeah, he couldn't tell me with any sense of certainty that we've actually achieved any of those. Off-field, absolutely. He's sold us to Eskimos. He's brought on sponsors. And that's, yeah, that's what we needed. Um, originally, when, yeah, we were in quite significant debt um when he came on board so he's absolutely uh you know dug us out of that hole so um yeah fair props to that xavier but at the end of the day right now when we're back in the black we are a football club first and foremost and we should be expecting football club uh performance outcomes not uh the padding of uh yeah someone's checkbook or you know, their their status in fulfilling a certain position because right now uh that isn't 
bringing us forward as a football club. We're not digging ourselves out of a, a performance black hole at the moment. Um, we've been pretty pretty relevant largely as a club in terms of uh, performance and, and the AFL as a whole for you know, getting on 20 years now. Um, it's been a long time since we've actually had a, a fair tilt at uh, yeah, the operational on finals, let alone a flag. So, um, yeah, it was just very curious timing. Obviously, you know, by the sounds of it, it was made several weeks ago. Uh, but given the uh, poor performances on field and the uh, poor, um, you know, I suppose, communication by the club elsewise, it sounds like it was leaked uh, by a, um, you know, potentially disgruntled insider. Uh and the thing, I guess, that um, frustrates us even more so is, look, if that's the case and someone's leaked it, that's one thing. Um, the club is still yet to own it. I mean, that was leaked last week. It is now Tuesday, and uh, the club's still yet to own that they've um, extended uh, Xavier Campbell's position as CEO for another couple of years. Um, and, you know, Brasher, who came on board as a president and said he was going to be more vocal, he was going to, you know, engage with members more meaningfully and all the rest of it. Um, yeah, since we've been, you know, not successful on field, it's been crickets, uh, just haven't heard from him. So um, pretty disappointed where the club is at the moment. I mean, the on-field uh, side of things is, is, is absolutely uh, where most of our focus is, uh, but we're, we're an Essendon football club at the end of the day, and uh, the decisions made at the board level do have impacts um, for where we aspire to be, where we think we are, um, and all the rest of it. Uh, decisions being made, um, yeah, even though they might think they're making the best interests of the, of the football club, um, when they're not communicating with us, um, yeah, fans, are, and there's not that transparent nature in decision-making processes, uh, I think that leaves them open to, um, you know, pretty dare, right? Um, uh, yeah. Well, it needs to be questioned, essentially, is, is what I'm getting at. Um, but look, um, you know, another disappointing loss um, in terms of, you know, next week, obviously, um, got a bit of a, a reprieve. Um, oh, actually... <laughs> That's the week after, actually, because this week we've got uh, Port Adelaide in Adelaide, um, which will be a, a pretty tough assignment. Um, so, uh, yeah, the hits, hits just keep getting better for Essendon. But, uh, look, thanks for listening. Um, thanks for bearing with us. Uh, it's been a long season for all involved. Um, and, again, apologies for the uh, technical difficulties which uh, interrupted the uh, – production of this podcast in particular um but yeah all that being said <laughs> as disappointed as i am in the club i'll be back here same time next week uh, ready to review another game uh so uh without further ado go dons <laughs>